We are bobbing in here. That's a bob. That is a bob, Miss Mary. Yes. That's that was the jam back in the day. Back when I uh before the the bills and the babies and the mortgage and you know when life when you could take a nap whenever you felt like it. There was no curfew. You know, you don't have to worry about babysitters. That that was a bop. Mm-hmm. That was a bop. That mm-hmm. bro, they took me to a place that I miss. <laughs> <laughs> I am joined today by Mary Moriarty. Thank you so much for coming in the studio. Now, we saw each other a couple of weeks ago at the NAACP Freedom Fund Gala, and you have so many new initiatives that you are working on and doing uh, with your office. And I was like, okay, we got to talk about this. Why haven't we talked about your uh, partnership with schools? Why haven't we talked about the new youth auto theft initiative? You know, nobody is saying anything about that. And I want to be the first because we need to know what's going on and and how you're working uh, to help especially troubled young people in our community. Well, thank you for inviting me to be here. And I think pretty much you're always the first, aren't you? I, I am because, I, I mean, you know, I didn't want to brag or nothing, but I was the first person to break the fact that you were running for this office. Yes, I was. You yes, did. Was. You yes, did. You were the first person I talked to. Okay, so talk to me about uh, this new strategic plan, the Youth uh, Auto Theft Initiative and the partnership with schools. Yeah, I'm very excited about all of those things. We convened uh, a meeting with school superintendents mm-hmm. and school board members about mm-hmm. three weeks ago okay. from all across Hennepin County to really talk about what we could all do to help youth. Now, you may know we at the Hennepin County Attorney's Office are responsible for truancy, mm-hmm. but we do have the option of having a diversion program instead. So instead mm-hmm. of truancy court and hauling a kid and their family into court, we have a program called Be at School. And it is our attempt to intervene early to get kids back in school. And what that looks like is schools are required by law to report to us Mm -hmm. when youth aren't in school. Uh, And we are intervening a lot earlier. Um, And so we we were talking to school superintendents and school board members about, hey, how can we work together? And they were very excited about it. And there's a lot of space there for us to be in better communication to really figure out who are the youth that are not in school because Mm -hmm. um, school truancy has, has gone way up. Um, yeah. In many schools. Yeah. How do we get kids back in school? And that typically means uh, helping families uh, get stability so that the family yeah. um, can be in a space where they can get their kid to school. OK, now I love this. I love the fact that you're involving the whole family in the success of a child. But there's some people out there that say, you know what? The kid knows better. He's doing wrong. Uh, lock him up. Put him in jail. Why do you want to take that extra effort to have these initiatives, especially aimed at youth, when it's a lot easier to just say, you know what, he made a mistake, he needs to pay for his crime, learn his punishment, we're not going to waste any energy or effort for this person if they're convicted of a crime? Because youth are our future. And we know since the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd that our youth are struggling. Yeah, uh, They were struggling with online school. Yes, if they, they even were. had the resources to be there. They didn't have those adult relationships. They didn't have places to go. Kids need places to go, um, whether it's a gym, whether it's music, all of those kinds of things. And they haven't had that. So mm. our youth are struggling. And yeah. it's incumbent upon us to do our very best to help those youth. Now, 
I, you know, we, you mentioned our auto theft initiative. And one of the things that I realized early on in talking to law enforcement throughout Hennepin County is that they were seeing kids who were engaging in risky behavior. Yeah. And we know from looking at the data that in all of Hennepin County, when car thefts are reported, we are only getting cases in about 2% of the time. And so, and that's for a number of different reasons. And if law enforcement is able to only get us cases in 2% of the time, and we know that a lot of the car thefts do involve our youth, um, what can we do to intervene before they get into Mm. the system? And so we met with law enforcement for a number of months, and we said, hey, how would you feel if we met with you as often as you want? You give us the names of those kids, and we will use all of our resources to figure out how to get them help. And by all of our resources, I mean we brought together our team, child protection, youth prosecution. We worked and partnered with uh, county mental health. We used our be at school social worker Mm -hmm. um, to reach out to families Mm -hmm. um, from kids whose names we got from law enforcement. And I can tell you, um, you know, you mentioned some of the times you hear about, hey, prosecute the parents, or at least I hear that. Yeah. But this is what's really exciting about this program. Our social worker reached out um, and was able to get 96% of those, get in touch with 96% of those families yeah. that were uh, 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 given to us. 100% of those families he reached were not surprised that their kid was on the radar screen, and they thanked us. Mm. Thank you. We just had no idea where to go or what to do. And then what we were able to do was to connect them with Hennepin County resources, mm-hmm. community-based resources that could help that family unit get stability. And so, and that was without bringing them into the system. Right. So in other words, we had our child protection people there, but we're not there to create a child protection case. If we got the name of a kid whose family is already involved in child protection, we would just contact the child protection worker and say, hey, we're hearing um, from law enforcement that this kid is out there. We're not sharing that information back to law enforcement. This is the very first time in the history of the county attorney's office that we have taken such a preventative approach. In the past, we would have sat back and said, well, you're only bringing us 2% of the car theft cases. There's nothing we can do. But we wanted to partner with law enforcement Mm -hmm. because we know kids are at youth and we want and have the resources to get that family stabilized so that that kid hopefully will never come into the system. That is amazing. And I I just I have to tell you, as a kid who grew up in inner city, I appreciate that effort. Um, We got to talk about some news before you go. Um, because Keith Ellison came out uh, about the school resource officers and said that the law isn't the problem. Um, You came out this week and said it is the problem. So talk to me about, you know, the difference that you all have in this. You see it differently from Ellison. Um, Your take on the school resource officer law. Yeah, and, and I will say it's not a difference with the AG at all. Here's the position that we found ourselves in. When I came into office, I made it a priority to work with all of our law enforcement partners in Hennepin County. As I said, I just came from an event out in Rogers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've worked with uh, police in Rogers, Bloomington, all over the place. And we've developed a pretty good relationship where they know we're not always going to agree, but I will be candid with them and transparent. Mm-hmm. So the EG is the only authority that has uh, the ability to to 
give a an opinion that's binding mm-hmm. until a court says it isn't. I, as county attorney, have no authority to do that. But what happened over a period of weeks was our police chiefs in Hennepin County were saying to me, hey, you have partnered with us really well. You have provided training for us on the new cannabis law. Um, we know you can't give a binding p- opinion, but we want to know what you think about this. And so our team, this wasn't just me, our team had been looking at this statute. Um, I was really, I was not part of that mm-hmm. legislative passage. I wasn't really aware of it. And so we did a lot of research. We were talking to legislators. We, and we looked at the language of the statute. And here's what it does. What it does is say that prone, that SROs are banned from doing prone restraints and other kinds of restraints on kids. Now, what makes it different is that, as you may know, back in 2015, the legislature said that school personnel could not use prone restraints on special ed students. Mm -hmm. But it also said school agents, and I learned that SROs were not interpreted to be agents of the school. So what this legislation says is school personnel and SROs cannot use prone restraints on students in school. So what it does is shift the way the legislature looks at law enforcement. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at them as law enforcement out on the street where they do use prone restraints and they don't need reasonable force to do that. They're looking at them as, hey, you are SROs, you are different in schools, and we are going to look at you the same way we look at all school personnel. And so I think a a conversation that we should all be having now is what role do we want our SROs to play in school? What kind of tools do we want them to have? Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh, and everybody it, it has an opinion. I thank you for sharing yours. Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty will be right back with more on the Shaletta Show. Thank you. So- 